Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello, everybody. Thank you for choosing the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler. Husker Hoops will be our main topic tonight. We'll also take a look at the little shakeup in the football program. All right, let's talk Nebraska ball. The Huskers took a beating last night, losing to lowly Penn State 95-71 to on the road. There's a straight-up beatdown, not like the fake Jesse Smollett beating, but a real one. Uh, Nebraska was never in it. Hey, Tyler, does this loss end any chance of postseason play? Uh, they're currently 15-12 and overall and 5-11 in conference. Um... Well, yes, I think by all practical purposes, it's dead. I mean, if Nebraska somehow pulls the miracle of all miracles and wins the last four, then we might be dancing, but uh, that ain't going to happen. It was a crushing loss. I mean, we had just come off the back-to-back wins, Minnesota and Northwestern. You know, that Northwestern game, I actually think we looked good. There was a little bit of confidence going into the road, and then probably the worst defeat of the season. Uh, Penn State's last in the conference and to lose by 24 points and give up 95 points. My God, I would never guess that would have happened. Uh, really disappointing game for the Huskers. Derek, where did you stand with this game here? I mean, you kind of had a little bit of optimism headed into the game. You thought we had a good chance, like all Husker people did, headed into this, you know, come riding two wins, uh, two wins streak and crap. Yeah, I mean, you go. You have a two-game win streak going. So yeah, they start scoring again. Their defense looks good again. We were only giving up over the last two games. We only gave up like fifty-five points a game. We were scoring back. We we're getting back up to over sixty points a game. Nebraska started looking like they did a little earlier in the season. And holy cow, they forgot. They they, they must have brought all the towel boys to the game because they forgot to show up. Well, we have four games left against Purdue at Michigan and at Michigan State and Iowa. Derek, do you? Well, before you go on to that, I mean, Tyler, I tend to disagree with you a little bit. I think I don't think we have to win all four of these games, but you definitely have to win at least two or three of them. But the problem is, we're not going to win two or three. So, so you're right on the fact that we're probably not going to make the tournament. But I don't know the way. I don't know. We necessarily have to win all four of them. Well, that was going to be my that was going to be my question, Derek. How many can we win out of there? Oh, I'm sorry. I got to go back to this, Justin. You keep wanting to move on. There, I I don't see. With that loss at Penn State, we've got some ugly losses right now that, you know, come Selection Sunday, you know, they're going to hold against us. I mean, we've got to win four games, and I know that's not going to happen. This is an if and what, but right now, I mean, there was a lot of praise earlier in the season about strength of schedule and what we've done, but right now, what is Nebraska's best win? Seton Hall? Probably. I mean, that was a very impressive win early in the year, and, you know, Seton Hall is Clemson, yeah, maybe that. But, but I mean, 
we don't have that key victory this season. Um, we could get the last four games, even winning two, we could get a really nice victory. But man, I, I think I think this is win out or stay home. Well, we certainly don't have that marquee victory in Big Ten play. Well, and, and look to, to answer your question, Justin. So we played Purdue once already. We got beat eighty-one to sixty-two a couple weeks ago at Purdue. Now they're coming to Lincoln. Maybe it's a little closer game, but I don't know. Like, see us winning that game. Uh, we haven't played Michigan, the best team in the Big Ten. Uh, Michigan State, we played at, in Lincoln and lost seventy to sixty-four back in January when we were still good, or we thought we were still good. And then uh, we played Iowa back in January as well when we thought we were still good and we lost 93-84. I, I just don't see a scenario where we really beat any of these teams. Tyler? Yeah, De- I mean, Derek's right. I mean, it, could we get streaky at home? Possibly. But I, I think, you know, that, that game – it's such a deflator for this team. I, I don't even think anyone's going to show up in Pinnacle Bank Arena. I think it's going to be a pretty empty crowd, and I just think the team's any chance of a home momentum streak is dead. I mean, they, they're going to lose out. I mean, I think the, I, I bet some decent money on that. So think about this collapse here, guys. And I've, I've, I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Uh, headed into this year, the conversation was – not if we're going to make the tournament, but how deep do we go into the tournament? You know, are, are we in a sweet 16 team? Now, you fast forward to the end of the season, it's very likely that we end the season with a losing record. Talk about a huge collapse. And with, with all that being said, uh, Tim Miles, uh, how hot is his seat right now, Tyler? It's warm. Um, it, I mean, it, it's probably on fire. I mean, the the in my opinion, the good news for Tim Miles is, is there is still hope, but the hope revolves around doing something that he hasn't done in about a month: is get his team to play. And I mean, and 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 Justin, I I get the optimism, and the collapse, but it, I mean, there is a definite parallel from when Copeland went down to where we are now. We are where we are. That's on Miles. That's on the team. You can't be this bad. Miles has got to win at least two games to have a shot to keep his job. Um, I, I believe that. I think we have two home games. I think he's got to win both of those home games. There's no shot he's winning on the road. But if he could, if he handles business at home, I think there's a better than not chance that he keeps his job. But I, I don't. I mean, there, I don't think that's a likely scenario. Derek. His seat is like center of the earth hot magma hot. Okay? It's not on fire. This thing's melting steel hot. He look, this is this is the most excited about Husker basketball we've been since the 2014-2015 season. We made the tournament in 2013-14, got beat out against Baylor in that first in that first game. And we thought, oh man, we start we started in the top twenty-five. And we lost to Rhode Island and the season went to shit from there. It just it went to hell in a handbasket. This year might even be worse because we started off the season strong and actually looked like that team that we hoped we would be. And then, Tyler, you could talk about Isaac Copeland going down, but this team was a sinking ship before he even got hurt. Like It was just to the point where we couldn't score. We were holding teams defensively pretty well, but we couldn't score, and we were still losing games before he got hurt. 
Well, okay, we were 13, I think 13 and 6 before he got hurt. Um, I mean, we had our two best victories of the season. We had beaten Creighton, which we hadn't done in God knows how long. I mean, I, I get that we had lost a couple well, games. I mean, we had it lost... It was the first time in Tim Miles' career, and since Tim Miles has been here, that we beat Creighton, but... Okay. That's, I, I don't know. How much did Sadler beat? Creighton. I don't even know if they played back then, but I don't remember those games. But, but, yeah, but is, I mean, that, is, that really, is that really a big deal now that Creighton doesn't look like a very good team this year? I, I fair enough. Okay, but I people say that the team's different, but look at the okay, we we lost to Michigan State at home, but it was a very close game. We lost by two points against Maryland on the road. Uh, we were in a very competitive game against Iowa on the road. I mean yeah, I, I get it. We were losing a few games, but we were thirteen and six. We've won two games since he left. I, I just that 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 really changed the tone in the season. And I'm not excusing Miles for that. I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he gets a do over because Copeland got hurt. You know, if Copeland and Palmer both got hurt, then I may have said something a little bit differently. But you, Copeland was your second or third best player. I mean. You gotta be able to rebound from there. I, I just so think I think, Miles, the, I think it was the feeling of the of the way that the season started going, even before Copeland though. Like we struggled to get past Penn State at home when he was still healthy. And then and then we I know we kinda got hurt in the Ohio State game, but we lost to a team that had lost five games in a row. And it it was just the the feeling was just deflating before he even left. So, so Tim Miles has had only two winning seasons since he's been at Nebraska. Very well could uh, end the year with another losing season. So uh, five losing seasons out of the seven. Is it strange to think, to hope that we don't win any more games, you know, and not make the tournament postseason play, whether it's NCAA tournament or NIT, just for the sheer chance of not to keep Tim Miles around for another year to make it just that much easier, is, is that stupid? Yes, really. I, I mean, okay, so so again, your scenario is Tim Miles is a bad coach. Up to this point, I think there's a lot of evidence that supports that. Tim Miles <laughs> wins three out of four of these last games, goes eighteen and thirteen. Okay, Derek thinks maybe that gets us in the tournament. I don't know. But that's that. Last year, he gave Nebraska the second most wins in a season we've ever had. Okay? The second most wins in a season. He tied that record last season. I I get we didn't make the tournament, but it is what it is. If he can prove that he can coach and and win 18 games, while that's a slight disappointment to the beginning of the season, I, I don't. We want a good coach, and if a guy can prove that he can win, why not keep him? I mean, I, I, I think that's absurd to say, well, if Tim Miles actually turns out to be the coach we think he is and doesn't turn into a good coach, we, we, we don't want him to be a good coach. Why well, in God's name so, would we want that? So I included NIT in there because I don't think NCAA is even in the cards at all. But if he makes the NIT and happens not to, you know, if he doesn't get knocked out, in round one, like he did last year, and if he makes a run, I, I I still don't think that's good enough to warrant keeping him around. He shouldn't be kept around, not with everything that he brought back. But that's just me. I mean, I I just don't want his, any scenario to play out where Bill Moose 
would be put in a situation to be like, okay, we'll give you one more year. I don't want to see that. Is is that fair, Derek? Uh, it sounds to me like you're rooting against him like I root against Mike Riley. So I'll give you a pass on it. But <laughs> No, I mean. And, at, and, at and that point, I root against uh, Erstad. Yeah, hey, I mean, I, at, at the end of the day, I, Justin, I think you're right. I don't think we're going to make any tournament. I think he probably will be canned. If he makes a run in the NIT tournament, Nebraska basketball is not so far above everybody else that we should be just scoffing at, right, making runs in NIT tournaments. Like, we've never been good. I mean, we've had good seasons, but we've never been a good team. It's, it's, again, that's a terrible Last idea. year, the second be- – you could argue last year was the second best season in Nebraska basketball history. The second most wins. And Okay, I get, I get it. But, like, what you're saying, Justin, like, and, and again, let's just, I'm going to preface what I'm about to say with, I get that he is not going to win probably another game. But, but let's just say, hypothetically, he wins two out of the next four, and he goes 17 and 14. What you're saying is if Scott Frost or any Nebraska football coach went 11 and 1, and the next season they followed it up with a nine-win season, that let's fire that guy. Let's get rid of him because nine wins. 18 wins is the equivalent of a nine-win season in football. That's what that is. You that is not anywhere close, Tyler. That's nowhere close. Yes, it is. What, how, what, what, what's the after, equivalent after, of a nine-win season? After seven, after a nine-win season in basketball terms? I mean, what is that? That's, that's still a you know, 21, 22-win season. Okay. If you want to go off of seventy five percent, I just don't think it's the, I don't think it's the same percentage. I don't think you could play the same game in football and basketball. But I I, I think okay, eight win season, fine. It's an eight win season in football. What okay. you're saying is last year he had the best, the second best season we've had in school history, and now he followed it up with the better than five hundred. It, it'd be a seven win. It'd be a seven win season at best. Okay, fine, but he I, I think you gotta take last year he was on a fire seat two years ago. He was on a fire seat two years ago. Last year he cooled it. He put the extinguisher to that. This year it lights the flame. If he can finish the year at a semi respectable level, which he won't, but if he could, then I, I think you give the guy another run back. Oh, yeah, you're a glutton for punishment. Derek? I think the problem with your with your analogy here, Tyler, is if that football team loses a bunch of seniors, then, then we're talking a different game anyway. The problem is, is Miles returned to everybody except Jordy Chamanga, who barely played last year anyway. So he returned almost everybody and had high expectations on the season, and he, he did not meet expectations by any stretch of the imagination. And and that and that right there really puts the bow on this because the problem is not necessarily completely with Miles. It's with the fans. Like we we've got fans can't have expectations. Like I mean, come on. I expect you to win with the best team you've ever had. I mean, I just, I don't think that's unreal. I don't think that's unreal expectations. That's not fair. So, it's not fair to throw this I on mean, fans. Fans aren't the ones that are firing or hiring these coaches. 
That's all on the ads. Like, let's not blame. Don't blame fans. At least our fans aren't the ones like Indiana fans out there screaming, say, uh, chanting "f you" to players. I mean, we have good fans for the most part. Don't blame our fans yeah. because our, because our team can't win. We, we, well, and we I, have fans that go to the games, Tyler. It's not like that Penn State game last night where their fans aren't even showing up to the game. Our fans go to the game, so they deserve a good product. I don't know how long I, it's going to continue. Again, I, I, I just think Nebraska basketball is really an 18-20 to 20 win program. Every now and again, we're going to make a tournament. Every now and again, we're going to make it. But... I mean, if in a two-year span we average twenty wins, I again, I, I just think it, it goes back to this thing. I just, I, I get where we are. I understand why why the Miles firing talk is up there because it's so bleak the way that the season is going to look over the, by the time it's done. But I just wish sometimes people would be take a step back and say, "Yeah, let, let's let's keep behind them and maybe we'll win." I mean, there's still four games left. We're still 11 and four at home. I mean, maybe we turn it around and we win some games. The problem is, you just lost to the worst team in the Big Ten by over 20 points. Again, I get, and, and now you're playing. Now you're playing four top 25 teams. That's your, that's I, what's your schedule. That. Four top 25 teams. Of course, nobody's optimistic about that. You haven't beat a top 25 team all year. I, I couldn't tell you the last time Nebraska beat a top twenty-five but, team, but but Derek, but Derek, I, I you're right. What you're saying, the difference is what Justin is saying is, you know what? I don't want to beat four top twenty-five teams. I have no interest in beating these teams because I think Tim Miles is such a shithole. Like, I mean, <laughs> he does he he flat out does not want to. That that's the equivalent of when Mike Riley was here. As much as you hated Mike Riley. You would not be sitting there saying, man, I don't want to see him beat Wisconsin. I don't want to see him beat Ohio State because I don't want to keep this guy. Like, I now, I mean, you want to beat now, just, the guy Justin will, coach, put, just, Justin will try and put words in my mouth and tell you that I rooted against Nebraska for three years when Mike Riley was here. But, Tyler, you're right. I, I never really truly rooted against Nebraska. I just never had any faith in it. And I think, you, Justin, I think just, were, Justin's in the same spirit as – I was with Mike Riley though, so I, I, so I give him a pass I, for I, it a little bit because yeah, I understand no, he I just has no faith in the guy. You, the difference is, is you got a little bit of joy when Mike Riley lost. You got you're a little bit joy, Justin. Like every time Tim Miles loses, he throws a damn parade. He's down on the street. He takes his shirt off right now. Woo! Wake up, Tim Miles lost. <laughs> In Texas, you know, there's no snow down here, so I can get away with it. It's not cold when I do that. All right, so final question on this basketball topic. Tyler, should Tim Miles be fired? If he loses out 100%. Derek? I said earlier in the year, I think it's a uh, tournament or bust kind of year for Miles, and I'm going to stand to that. And it doesn't look like he's going to make any kind of tournament So outside of the Big Ten tournament. Which is by default. So, uh, yeah, I think he's probably got to go. Completely agree. Of course, you guys knew that that was going to be my opinion. So, moving on to football. Defensive line coach Mike Dawson has left the staff to be the outside linebackers coach for the New York Giants. So, we wish him the best. as well-deserved. So, this happened last week. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about it because we didn't have a podcast last week. But, Tyler, what's your reaction to this? 
big loss. Um, I think Coach Dawson uh, was in line to be maybe the best assistant uh, outside of coordinator we had on the roster. Um, I think there was a lot of people that feel going into next year, our defensive line was the strongest unit. Um, obviously, this continues the add of instability, which we've seen at that position group and really every coaching position. I mean, you know, I, I was psyched that Frost kept everyone around. We're going to get one more year to run it back. We're going to have that stability. And it's gone. And it's not only gone, it's gone with, and again, my opinion, arguably the best assistant coach we had on the roster um huge loss for the huskers um yeah how did you feel when you heard the news derek well the first thing that came to mind was the thought of justin having to eat crow saying because he he just claimed all year long that as bad a season as we've had there's not gonna be any coaches poached out of out of this team <laughs> so <laughs> that that's very true so that, is that, that was true. my that was my first initial thought but uh on a serious note you know it, this is a big loss and it's it couldn't have happened at a worse position that makes four defensive line coaches in five years uh the only the only steady one we had was the two years under john perella which was under two different defensive schemes so it was tough for him to really teach anybody uh this is these got to be a bunch of confused kids i don't i it's sad to see him go. I wish him the best of luck. I understand the the uh, want to go to the NFL over a college team, so I get it. Uh, it stings as, as a Nebraska fan. I, I feel bad for these kids. Tyler, let's talk about transfer implications here. What what are your thoughts here with uh, transfers with this change? Well, I, be- I mean, first of all, I, I want to be clear about this. I really hope and i believe that no one's going to transfer i I think the way the coaches have recruited the coordinator situation i think we're at a good stability but one of the things i hate about college is that coaches do this and it's one thing about kids that committed for a couple years but these kids that just committed under him man that's a blow and and i would be hypocritical after i give gave usc a hard time after uh kingsbury left i mean if if you you should have the right if a coach transfers for you to transfer, it, it's the same thing in my opinion. Derek, uh, I, I don't know. You know, as far as transfers goes, I, I could see some of these kids seeing some instability here and going, you know what, I can find somewhere else to play where I don't have to worry about having a new defensive line coach every year. So I could see some transfers coming. I, as as far as who it would be, I don't know. Obviously, there's you probably don't have to worry too much about the seniors, uh, the Davis twins, the guys that are probably going to be uh, big role players this year. But some of these young kids, sure. I don't. I mean, I wouldn't blame them for transferring. I hope they don't. But you can't blame them after they've gone, they've gone through that many coaches. Uh, you know, they 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 commit to this new coach and try and do everything for him, and he just ups and ups and leaves. It, like I said, I mean that's got a sting as a player. I, so should I, those players be able to leave? Ah, uh, it's a slippery slope. But I, I, I see where you're coming from, Tyler. Uh, I, I don't know if they should be able to, but I, I'm starting to lean more towards Tyler's point of view. Where the more and more this happens, I, I can see where maybe they should be able to. I just I'm the traditionalist that doesn't like to see things change too much, so I'm gonna stick with the tradition. I mean, I, maybe if there's like uh, something in there where the coach did did not disclose to them that hey, I'm I'm hauling ass right after signing day. 
you know, if they were blindsided. I think there's got to be a disclaimer in there, too. I, uh, like some of these upperclassmen, no, I don't think they should be able to transfer because they were never recruited by this guy. No, no, I'm, t- I'm talking about but, but the ones the ones he recruited, maybe. I mean, maybe they should be able to. But, I, again, I think it's a slippery slope. So I think you start letting them do that, and then, then they're just going to find more excuses, and we're going to just lean more towards the free agency still. Well, well, so, Derek, I agree with you 100%. I, what I'll tell you, there's two conversations here. One, what do I want to see? Two, what is fair to these players? I mean, I think those are two very separate conversations. I'm with you 100%. I don't want to see college basketball or football become a free agency where people could transfer wherever they want. I don't like that in athletics. I like my teams to be solid. I like to be invested. If I was an athlete at that level, I believe I should have the same autonomy as my coaches. If, if they have no bearing on their contract, they can bounce whatever they want. It's bullshit that I am tied into these deals. It, I, I just, I agree with you, but it's like, I put myself in the athlete's shoes and, and I'm not playing poor athlete, but like, man, you go to a school and, and Dawson say what you want. And I think he's the best assistant. There are a lot worse examples out there. We saw that with when Riley and staff left. I mean, we saw it with Jebbia getting crushed when he left and O'Brien being out of a home. I mean, we've seen a lot worse scenarios even at home when these coaches leave and the penalties they have to take. So, Tyler, so with that being said, uh, you know, with the penalties, you know, college football is all about moving up, moving around, taking job to job. Yeah, I mean, that, that's just part of that life. I would never, ever want that life as a college football coach. But uh, with these assistants, you know, they're always looking for the next best thing. Now, don't you think that it should be a little bit different for like position coaches leaving in the manner that Mike Dawson is, as opposed to like, say, a head coach or something, or maybe an offensive or defensive coordinator? Shouldn't there maybe, you know, maybe there should be, you should be allowed to uh, move around a little bit more. Uh, I don't know freedom, especially if you're going penalty. from like a like if you're going from like a D line coach to a D coordinator. I mean, if you're taking a big promotion to leave, like I, I think there's there's one of those examples where you can't you can't do, damn the guy for leaving if he's going to take a fairly big promotion, especially if he's getting paid a lot more. I mean, I hear you. I I, I and and. Well, let's be clear. I'm not damning anyone, but I, I guess you guys are both parents. So I'm going to put this in your shoes a little bit. So let's just say you were blessed and your kid was a division one athlete and you really liked a coach, assistant coach, head coach, doesn't matter. And your son or daughter committed to the school because of that coach. That coach came to your house, promised you, I'm going to take after, I'm going to watch after him. And then a uh, week, two weeks after you, they decide, they sign it, they're gone. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that kind of be like, what? Well, no, I don't want, I don't want my kid to go there now. I mean, I, I get it. Like, it, these are not professional athletes. These are not like this is not the same. Like, I, I get it. They need to advance their career. I understand that, but as a, the kids and as the players, they have a right to know who they're going to play for and get the pick who they're playing for. Like, they should have that right. But you should, you know, 
well for me I, I would encourage my kid to uh if he was had that opportunity i would encourage him to go to the school that he wants to get a degree from i mean where do you want to get a degree from i coaching geez you see that in high school right now i mean you see you see coaches come and go there i mean is it much different not really well, it would be if you – okay, let, let's say you move school districts to be with a coach, and a week after you got there, the coach failed. If you had the means, you'd be like, well, I'm bouncing back too. I mean, it's it's similar. I mean, it's just – Parents that do that are weird. Parents that uh, do that at the high school level, that's, that's freaking weird, man. I, I have seen it before, but it, it, that's just a weird thing to do. Derek? Tyler, I think this is why you get hate mail calling you a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like that take is just look. If it was my son, unless the guy if they hire somebody that I just I just completely despise, I would tell my son, look, you need to stick it out. And, and unless there's some scenario, like I said, where you just really hate this new coach, or for whatever reason, like you you made a commitment, stick to it. I, I that's yeah. what, I, I would stick with. I, that's the way I would be. But I'm again. I'm kind of old yeah. fashioned. So. I mean, unless unless that position coach is coming in as like a PJ Flut guy, you know, that's like all right. That, that that's enough. Anyway, <laughs> I, hey, let, I, I, I'm sorry, but I got I got to get I get one more word in on this because I just got called out by Derek here. I, all I'm saying, all I'm saying is, you, you say stick to your commitment. Well, you know what? I believe Coach Dawson just signed a contract extension. No, Where, he did, where's he, the, he did not. He was the only one that did not sign a contract extension. Okay. I think they knew that this deal was in place before they did the extension. Right. Okay, fair. But I believe he still had. He got signed here with more than a one-year contract. It, it, it's nice and easy to say, "Stay to your contract, stay, stay to your commitment, kids. Stay to your commitment." But there is no side of that. Like I, I have moved for my career. Every time I move, I get told when I get there. Hey, you need to you need to stick on. You can't move. You can't go for promotion for X amount of time. We need to get our value out of this. Like he, we got one year out of him. This wasn't a seven year assistant that eventually took it. He came for one year and bounced. Like it's it's a little bit different. Yeah, but he's a three year assistant to Scott Frost. I mean, that's got to go a long way. He's he's paid his dues. He's paid his not dues. Not to Nebraska. To uh, not to I don't know. Hey, I, I, I'm glad that he got this job. That that's a huge jump. I mean, that's what 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 an opportunity to coach and in the NFL. In two NFL. years, he'll be coming back because the Giants suck, and he's going to get fired there because hey. the, no, they're going to have oh, a complete coaching overhaul in a year and a half. With, with our luck with I, defensive I line coaches, we'll be looking for one like anyway. I mean, so, so do you have any candidates, Tyler, on who should take this job? I mean, it, you know, Jason Peter seems like he'd be a great motivator. Okay, oh, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think, it, you know, uh, a name that I had, and, and I, I was kind of looking this up before the podcast, and and even though we hadn't gone live yet, I'm still going to say Greg Smith copied me because I believe I was the first one that had this K take, is Kenechi Odez, the former defensive line coach, uh, from USC, he won a national championship with them. The guy had a strength and conditioning background. One of the better recruiters that they had. I don't know how he got fired. He's very young. 
he's available. I, I think I think Nebraska needs to make a splash higher with this. I don't know if he's that, but um, if you go outside the Nebraska tree, he's a name I had in the top of my list. Derek, who'd you have? Well, I, I kind—I'm I'm not going to lie. I kind of stole this from twenty-four-seven, uh, but uh, Jerry Montgomery, I think, would be awesome. I think he's kind of uh, a little far-fetched. I think it's going to be tough for Nebraska to pull. He's a—he's the defensive line coach at Green Bay Pack for the Green Bay Packers. The—the uh, the connection here, though, is he played with uh, Chinander in at Iowa, and he also coached at Northern Iowa. He coached D line while uh, Scott Frost was a co-defensive coordinator there at Northern Northern Iowa. So both of them two know him really well. Uh, could they draw him away from Green Bay? Maybe, probably not. But that would, I, to me, I think that would be a big splash higher. I have zero candidates. I'm I'm pulling myself from this uh, game. I'm abstaining uh, from naming a candidate. You know why? Because I thought Hank Hughes was a great hire when when Mike <laughs> Riley. When he hired him, I, I, oh my God, Derek, you know, I used to tell Derek why that Hank Hughes. Oh, he used to be a defensive uh, coordinator, and he, I think he was a head coach oh, for a while, and he, he was I'll a great that recruiter. Out. Oh, yeah. He tried to sell me so, on Hank Hughes forever. But, but, but in my defense, I had to sell you on all the hires because you were sold by any of the hires, which, okay. But anyway, that's a different story. But, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know who a good head coach, or not a, I'm sorry a good defensive line coach at the college level is, you know, I mean, I, I don't know what goes into that. So I'm not, I'm not going to name any guys there. I do think it's a little bit silly on social media where, uh, Husker fans, all they do, all they want. And out of a D line coach is somebody who played at a high level on the defensive line for the Huskers. And so, you know, like you were talking about Jason Peter, uh, Tyler, you know, I love Jason Peter. I I, I, I love listening to him. I, I love everything that he puts out. But does that make him a good defensive line coach? I mean, he played it pretty damn well, but he hasn't coached at this level. So why would that make sense? I mean, it, it, it just perplexes me. Derek? I, I'll agree with you on Jason Peter. He He makes no sense to me. I don't think the guy's really been around football much since the nineties. I hey, I don't know that he's done any coaching. Uh the the one name that I found in somewhat intriguing was Adam Carriker. And I know he doesn't have any coaching experience, but he does have seven years of NFL playing experience. Uh he's got you know, he he learned the three four and the four three defense. So he's gotta have he's had to have learned a lot of good technique. I've seen him have instructional videos on his character chronicles. He seems like a smart guy. He's also interviewed a lot of uh, recruits, and they seem to connect with him real well. So I think he would be a good recruiter. But the lack of experience, I think, would scare me with him. I do not want to see Adam Carriker as defensive line coach, period. I love the Carriker Chronicles way too much. I do not want to see that go away. (laughs) (laughs) So please don't take that job, Adam. Uh, Before you go, another one I see brought up a lot is John Perella. And yeah, that one that one that perplexes me because like while I think it would be okay to get him back because I don't really blame him for the D line as much as others do. I think Diaco's system really failed the D line more than he did. Uh, but why would he want to come back to Nebraska after we kind of shunned him and never hired him from the get go? Like 
Scott Frost just kind of like said, "There, walk, take a walk." So why would he want to come back? Ah, well, I, I don't know. Any thoughts on that, Tyler? I, I think, pro- Here, Justin, I'm going to go with your take. I mean, when when I look at hires, what what I did, I looked out there and I said, I, I literally looked and said, okay, what defensive line coaches from small schools seem interesting? Okay, what defensive line coaches from big schools have been fired recently? I don't know what makes it. I do believe John Perella did not get a fair shake at Nebraska. Um, I do believe that. But at the end of the day, if he'd come back, I think that'd be a good move. Um, he's a, another former Coach Tesmer alum. Uh, and, and I think he'd be a great addition to the staff. But, and I, I mean, who knows what Frost is going to do. I believe this. Is I do think there is we're gonna know quickly. I think in the next couple of weeks we are gonna see an announcement. Um, I, I can't see him going into the spring ball without having a defensive line coach in place. Well, yeah, oh, absolutely. You have to have one by spring ball. I think. I mean, you know, if you want players to transfer, don't have a friggin' coach for spring ball. That's a good way to get people to transfer out. Yeah, we'll see somebody, and, and whoever is selected, Husker Nation will absolutely love. Kind of like with my admiration for Hank Hughes at the time. Husker <laughs> Nation will completely. Uh, anyway, hey, uh, we got to move on, guys. It's time for last call. Uh, no, no topics are off limits. Last call to you, Tyler. My last call goes to the NBA, in particular the All-Star Game and where we are at the NBA. Uh, Kevin Durant just won MVP of the All-Star Game on Team LeBron. Uh, He currently is the leader or one of the co-leaders of the number one team in the NBA West, while LeBron and the Lakers are not even the playoff hunt. Is it official to say there has been a passing of the torch that, in fact, Kevin Durant is the best player in the NBA? I've had That's him for the best point. player in NBA for a long time. LeBron's like number three on my list, so go for it. Yeah, there's probably a handoff being made there right now. I mean, look at LeBron. He's He's been sidelined for over half of the season, right? I don't know how many games he's been sitting out. It's too many. Like 13! Is that, that it? Like he, no, he said he set out eighteen games. Eighteen, yeah. But he, but he's still he's still. It's funny that we, it's it's so funny to me because everybody talks about LeBron in, in his fall, and I, I'm going to come to his uh, aid a little bit. The guy's averaging like almost a triple double. It's not like the guy's playing terribly. He just has he has nobody around him. Period. And everyone, but, but 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 for everyone to sit here and say, "Oh, LeBron makes everybody better," and and he's the best player of ever to ever play the game, and he just and I get tired of that argument. That he get he makes everybody around him better. Well, he's not making players around him better. As a matter of fact, teammates don't even want to sit next to him on the bench. So, well, I I, I don't want to turn this into a huge LeBron segment, but you know, one of the criticisms of LeBron that the LeBron haters went to is, yeah, he does all this out east. But the, if he went to the West, see what would happen. Well, if, if he doesn't turn it around over the next twenty some games, there's going to be a lot of people pulling at that legacy, saying, "Yeah, you won all these Eastern Conference Finals, but the the best team you beat wouldn't have even made the playoffs in the West." And I, I find it very hard to believe that this Lakers team is much worse than that Cavs team he had out there. So. I, I think LeBron needs to turn it on with those Lakers if he wants to keep his legacy 
in that top three in contention. Kind of, you know, I've I've been a I've been a LeBron lover for uh, a while now, but my God, I just find it really hard to root for the Lakers. I'm sorry, I just I can't do it. it it's tough for me today. Welcome to the club. Be a, be a LeBron hater. I'm promoting. I'm promoting it. Everybody join me. Be a LeBron hater. I want to root for him, but God dang, I just don't want to see the Lakers win anything. Hey, Derek, last call to you. All right. Well, I had to waste my last call on Nebraska baseball since Tyler won't let me talk about it during the show. Uh, so Nebraska baseball started up, everybody. Yay. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, Jackson Hallmark won the uh, Big Ten Player of the Week after our series against Cal Riverside. He had he went 8 for 18, 10 RBIs, 2 doubles, 5 runs, and a stolen base. Guy had a phenomenal weekend. Uh, Nebraska came back and won uh, Friday. They were trailing in the coming into the seventh inning. Came back and scored eighteen runs in the final three innings to win the game twenty-one to six. Saturday's game we had a doubleheader and we we split the games. Uh, lost one game ten to nine, uh, and, and that was a late comeback too. But we we just fell short. Uh, won the game uh, second game Saturday and then finished it off Sunday, winning seven to one. Nebraska baseball is actually looking pretty good, and we got a big, 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 big series this weekend against Oregon State, the national champions from last year. And then the following weekend, Justin, they're coming down to see you up down there in Frisco, Texas. They're going to play uh, Mississippi State, Sam Houston State, and uh, Texas Tech. So uh, make the trip up there, just north of Dallas, and go see these kids, huh? I want to try to see that Sam Houston State game. We'll see how that works out. Tyler? (laughs) Wake me up when the World Series begins. Don't quit your day, John. Why don't you sing to us some more? No, you know, Derek, I, I know Tyler just hates college baseball. I love college baseball. College baseball is a lot more exciting when Nebraska is doing well. Hopefully they have a great year. Uh, it's starting out pretty damn good. We'll see what this team's made out of uh, this coming weekend against Oregon State. That's going to be, my God, that's going to be a lot of fun. Do you know if that's going to be televised? I do not no! know. I do not know. I, I don't believe it's it is. It's college baseball. <laughs> it, if, if it is, it'd probably be on BTN Plus where you got to pay for it. And Let's face it, we're all tight asses and ain't going to pay for it, so. No, I'll be listening. No, I'll be listening. I like listening to them. I, I, sometimes I think listening to them on the radio is just as fun as watching it on TV. I mean, you're not seeing much on TV anyway. So Here, hearing the announcers for, get for, excited, it's just about as fun as watching it on TV. For, for the people that are, uh, are, are don't know Justin and Derek, they are not 90-year-old men. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I promise you, they're not. These assholes sitting here saying, man, I love sitting out with my AM radio cranked up, just sitting there with my Schlitz beer, just loving life. Watching the birds. <laughs> Remember back when? All right. Thanks for that, Tyler. You're s- still a dick. All right. Hey, last call to me. And my last call is going to go out to Jerry Kill, uh, former head coach of Minnesota. He went on Sirius uh, Satellite Radio College Sports Channel 84 on the Big Ten Today show, and uh, he completely lit into P.J. Fleck. Now, as you may know, I'm not a big fan of P.J. Fleck, but uh, Jerry Kill completely unleashed on him, saying how bad of a guy he was. And uh, 
I wish I could find. Well, I'm not going to look for it. But if you haven't heard the interview where he's blasting PJ Fleck for the way he treated his players when he came in, saying that he needed to change the culture at Minnesota, you know, let everybody go. He said that he doesn't care about the players and that his whole demeanor changed when he went to work for Greg Schiano at Ruggers. I mean, it was just, it was, I mean, he just unleashed on him. Not only did he unleash on PJ Fleck, he even brought uh, Jimbo Fisher into it, calling him a dick for taking the job at Texas A&M and not hiring any of his uh uh, assistance, his longtime assistant there. It was great Jerry Kill. I've always enjoyed Jerry Kill. I, I've always admired him. And my God, that's I'm still admiring him. I love it. Derek, what did you think of that interview? He sounded like a bitter old man. Go go yeah, to sleep. He hey, just go to sleep. Look. What? You want you want to damn PJ Fleck because he's had to change the culture. He didn't change your culture. He changed Tracy Clay's culture where everybody was getting in trouble for rape yeah god forbid he had to change that culture right uh tyler well justin i i am not a pj fleck fan as you know but i will tell you this uh minnesota they're looking like they they have they have an upswing in their step so those players up in minnesota might be rowing a damn boat for all i know all right well you guys left me out on an island on that one i thought it was great but all right, the listeners, if you have a comment on that Jerry Kill, let us know. Please support my side. If you don't support my side, don't let us know. All right, it's time to get out of here, guys. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Our episodes can be found everywhere to include Podbean, iTunes, Spotify. We appreciate any and all feedback, and please share our episodes. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. And as always, go Big Red.